right, welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio, episode ten. A uh, bit of synchronicity going here today because this episode is going to cover Windows Ten. So it's apropos that uh, by chance my episode ten lines up with a show about Windows Ten. Windows 10 is a hell of a thing. Uh, we are crossing a threshold here in terms of data collection, but Windows 10 is kind of demonstrative of the new world we live in where your permission is not required for anything. Windows 10 is being hidden in uh, updates, the, the uploader or the updater for Windows 10, the downloader, and then the 10 operating system is being stuffed down your pipe into your home without your permission or your agreement for the express purpose of data collection. It's what it's about. Anyhow, um, I've been filming quite a bit lately, uh, shooting the chem planes. Here on the East Coast, it is mind-boggling. There is no such thing, I am beginning to think, as an unmanipulated blue sky day. Every time I wake up and there is a nice day with no clouds, the chem planes always fire up before noon. I've had to go to the coastline to film them with the telephoto, and most of them are at such a high altitude that I've had to put a doubler on my telephoto to even be able to detect some of the planes. I'll be running that footage shortly, um, and I will be filming more and more now that the weather is allowing me to do so, uh, including with the telescope. <clears throat> As we get into uh, the Windows 10 stuff, uh, I guess I should say in the early part of the show, because so many don't go all the way through the show, if you've been hit with Windows 10, the virus that is Windows 10, uh, you have 30 days where you can revert in your Windows system back to a time before you had Windows 10 and then learn how to remove the updater, which isn't too difficult. In this episode, uh, I point out some freeware that you can get that will not only remove the downloader, but prevent any Windows 10 updates. As I did in the previous episode, I want to highlight uh, some very, some not very well-known YouTube channels. Um, and I'm going to highlight a couple here that a lot of people go to, I think they look and they don't understand. Um, the first one is Spudgy Pang. That's S-P-U-D-G-Y, new word P-A-N-G, Spudgy Pang. Uh, I've been watching this gentleman for quite some time. Just recently he started adding voiceovers to his clips. So for the YouTube generation who requires instant gratification and they don't want to read anything, um, the recent episodes will be easier for those people to get through because there is a voiceover. The reason I'm highlighting this channel is because I've been watching his work on Seattle where he's been decoding the media and starting to predict a possible false flag attack involving an explosion. Um, I think folks should go over there, subscribe, and stick with it, even if you don't understand uh, some of the stuff that's going on there. And I will point out um, there's a movement afoot doing what's being called transgender investigations, which I had a very difficult time grasping or even spotting on my own, where the idea behind it is that in media, people are presented to you as one gender when in fact they're another gender. And I've been at this long enough to understand uh, that this is actually quite possible and fits the exact kind of modus operandi of what we see entertainment and media doing but I set out to try to kind of confirm it on my own to see if I could find um, this stuff being flaunted in your face because, again, I was having a difficult time seeing it. Um, what I found was, in fact, there is absolutely reason to suspect this is going on. And I found the blatant evidence in the Mike Tyson mystery cartoon that plays on Cartoon Channel. Um, as I looked through things in media, I found that there's a character in that episode, which is Mike Tyson's daughter, an Asian kid, who is being portrayed as a, women, a woman with the name Young He, and that's what piqued my interest, is a female character who looks kind of like a little boy uh, with the name Young He. So I scanned through some of the episodes, and what I found was absolutely they are mocking uh, the idea that you are accepting that Young He is female. 
Um, so I think there is something to this transgender investigation. And here's the, the rub. Most people will see it and dismiss it out of hand, which is unfortunate. Um, as I mentioned, I couldn't see it, but I knew enough to understand that it ab absolutely fits the kind of mindset and just weirdness that comes out of entertainment. Anyhow, um, head over to Spudgy Pang, subscribe, and follow the Seattle work. The reason I really think this is critical is because while it's always going to be difficult to predict the date of a false flag, once it happens, the one thing that is built into all false events falls away for that event, and that is called plausible deniability. Plausible deniability is built in so much of the hoax media that we see but I've been watching what Spudgy's doing over there, and I think he's got a shot at uh, predicting some kind of an explosion hoax event in Seattle. Um, and again, I've wondered for a long time what, what actually happens if someone comes along and does a prediction that's accurate. Do they change what they're doing? I mean, I, I just don't know. How does it affect uh, a planned false flag event? But I mean, he's even got footage that demonstrates the media is using drill footage and playing it off as real because you can see the FEMA badges uh, that are used during the acting. And another channel is Jungle Surfer and I've mentioned him a number of times and what tends to happen is people go over there and they see stuff they don't understand. It's not glitzy, it's information. Point is, if you can watch what's going on with an open mind and at least just save it in your mind uh, I think we're going to find that these folks were spot on on a lot of things. And uh, the truth is it's at a very high level. And the truth is that a lot of it's difficult to spot for yourself. Anyhow, in this episode um, where I talk about Windows 10, which seems to be sneakily pushed on the masses, uh, it was hidden in a critical update, the downloader that's dumping the OS on people. Um, we've kind of hit a point here where it's being openly demonstrated that your permission is not even required anymore. And in the second hour of this episode, uh, we even go into a GOA report that demonstrates that not only is nothing being done about the data collection, uh, the government's point of view is that you have no rights, none, uh, on the information that is collected on you and what's done with it. And we cover quite a bit of that. Anyhow, let's get into the episode here, and again, um, head over to Spudgy Pang, head over to Jungle Surfer, hang out with these guys for a while, and get a view of what kind of clued-in people are seeing, and even if you don't understand it, even if you want to dismiss it out of hand, expose yourself to what's being said, and store it in your mind, um, because in my view... I went out and confirmed the transgender stuff, which is kind of mind-boggling. I confirmed it on my own. I looked in media. I found it. They're slapping you in the face with it. Still doesn't mean I can go out and look at any given actor and pick this stuff out. I, I just I have a tough time with it. Although, in some cases, I absolutely think I can detect it. Nonetheless, Spudgy Pang, Jungle Surfer, and pay close attention to Spudgy's Seattle prediction. Uh, if something comes out of that, could be a big deal. Anyhow, let's jump into this episode. Um, episode 10, we're going to be talking about Windows 10, where we have crossed a threshold, skipped operating system 9, and now Windows is modeling what's already being done to Mac users, what has been being done to Mac users in terms of just data collection on a level that is truly frightening. Here we go. All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio Podcast number 10. Uh, I know the question and answer show I did last time, uh, I said it was going to go without a number. Actually, that will become episode nine. Uh, it's a bit fortuitous because I will be covering the kind of privacy rights intrusion that Windows 10 is. So I think it's apropos to have this be episode 10 when we're talking about Windows 10. Windows 10 is a hell of a thing here. Um, I'm going to have a computer expert as my guest today. He runs his own uh, business around creating computers, dealing with computers, fixing computers, um, just all around knowledgeable guy, professional when it comes to computers. Um, here's the thing. 
For those people who run Mac and may hear me to say I'm going to talk about Windows 10 and they're going to shut this show off, I would point out what's going on here is Windows is now catching up with Mac. Um, I did some looking into this. Uh, Windows 10 is going to use what Mac has been doing to its users from almost the get-go in terms of complete intrusion into data collection and uh, just basically snooping, logging, and databasing facets of your life that you can't even start to imagine. The thing about Windows 10 is this. Everyone was operating on XP, then, you know, we went through the motions, we went up to Windows 7, some people went to Windows 8. Funny thing here is they skipped Windows 9, which in basic numerology is a completion date or a completion number, uh, and they're jumping straight to Windows 10. But here's what happened for those people who don't run a PC so they understand what we're talking about. One day, all Windows users got alerted that there were security updates. Um, typically, the, the updates come in two kinds, critical updates that you're really supposed to have or something horrible is going to happen, and then not-so-critical or optional updates. What they did was hit a downloader. Windows hid a downloader um, in Windows 10, in the Windows updates, sorry. So the critical updates, there was a downloader hidden, and once people took the downloads, they noticed that there was a little 10 running in the tray of their computer. Come to find out, this is a downloader tool to download the operating system number 10 from Windows. Well, for those who were savvy... They went in and removed that downloader and blocked it from being able to download again. And that was part of the kind of harassment that was going on, was if you simply removed the software from your computer that had the 10 OS 10 downloader in it, and then you didn't do anything more than that, the next time you took updates, it had sniffed you and reloaded that back onto your computer without your permission. So anyhow, the people who left that downloader a few days ago, started getting their actual operating system upgraded without their permission or knowledge to Windows 10, which is what we're going to be talking about here again. And just to be perfectly clear, Mac users are not exempt from what we're talking about because Windows is using the Mac system of operation as its model for the things we're going to be talking about. For those of you that use Mac, you have one username to log into all Macintosh things that you use, from music to everything. What that does is it ties an individual to all the data they can collect surrounding all the things that you use. Um, that's where Windows is trying to head, but they've been a little more ham-fisted. Uh, Windows 10 upgraded. It broke a bunch of machines because drivers were you know, not updated, and all kinds of bad things are happening. My friend John here, who I'm going to have in a minute, has been scrambling for, I don't know, a little over a week now, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. At least a few days with people coming into his shop just aghast at what's happened. Their systems have been broken. Their OS has been changed. Um, any number of things that we're going to talk about here. Um, but anyhow, I guess there's no much, not much more reason for me to cover anything more. Let's, uh, let's get John in here. John, welcome aboard, my friend. Thank you. Hi. So I've introduced you as a computer expert, and I think that's a safe way to introduce you, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fine. So can you kind of explain, um, I kind of tried to explain, but it was a bit ham-fisted about, can, <laughs> can you explain how this all went down, how the, how the Windows 10 downloader was hit was hidden from people and then put on their machines and then how the operating system was just recently dumped on people without their permission. Right. So I, I noticed something about uh, two weeks ago, uh, Monday, everything just uh, seemed to go haywire with Microsoft and clients were pouring through the door. Um, I mean, just one after the other. I mean, upset, upset is all hell. And uh, everybody literally was saying, uh, you know, my computer has a virus or my computer did something like what and turn it on it's windows 10 windows 10 windows 10 windows 10 and they're like i didn't do anything i didn't i didn't i never clicked install i just woke up to go to work turned on my computer and windows 10 is installing and uh that was that was a pretty good telltale sign to me that uh, something was going on because it it hasn't stopped uh up to this day um Techs are going ballistic um, at the, just 
and people are just they just want Windows 10 off. Well, it's broken some systems too, right? Because for those yeah. people that aren't familiar, um, Windows operating systems require what's called drivers. So any third-party kind of software or tool that you run requires a driver. Um, so can you talk about you know how it just simply broke people's systems because the drivers didn't mesh with Windows 10? Right. I mean, you know, Windows 10 was you know they say it can work with you know any version of what. You know, okay, so what? That's not entirely true on their part. But what happens is you have Microsoft giving this download and forcing the update to computers that are, you know, some of them about five, four, five, six, in some cases seven years old. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's if a software issue turns something into a hardware issue. I, I just don't know. Uh, I've seen so many older machines. Uh, literally just crash the hard drive for whatever reason. I'll have to back up the data on the drive, format the drive. In most cases, I'm just going to get a new hard drive if it's been that, you know, been that long. So, uh, so, so one thing. So before we get into kind of the just unreal data collection that's going on, mm-hmm. describe how this was done to people. How how the downloader was hidden in critical updates. So that if you even looked at that update, you would not have been aware that you were downloading the the OS 10 downloader. And then describe to people what happened uh, on Monday, I guess you're saying, when the OS just started being dumped on people. Right. Um, So basically, and one thing most folks can do is if you either hit Control-Alt-Delete on your computer and bring up your task manager, and uh, you can go into processes, or you can type into the search bar msconfig msconfig and look at your services and you will see or in your startup and you will see a program gwx.exe and that basically is telling your computer to get windows 10 hence gwx and then you have the .exe which is your executable file and that's what started so somebody at Microsoft must have hit a switch or told the server to start initiating something because all the machines just started getting the GWX and then started running that executable program and everybody was getting Windows whether they wanted it or not. So do you think that this happened to everybody or does it look like a sample of society was downloaded as kind of a test? Um, you know, it's it, it tapered off some, but... I mean, I, I had one one client came in with three computers today. All three of them it happened to. Um, so I mean, there isn't the outright the the outpouring like there was two weeks ago, but it's still happening. What, what's kind of astounding to me here is, you know, anyone who uses a computer understands the game that gets played when you get new software to include operating systems. There's a little uh, I agree to all your BS screen that comes up. Um, So this is totally circumvented with what we're seeing. The downloader was hidden in critical updates, got loaded onto boxes for those people who didn't know any better, then the operating system was dumped on them because they had the downloader in there. But, I mean, don't you think it's – we've kind of crossed a threshold here um, it's strange enough that they skipped Windows 9 and went straight to Windows 10, which in a numerology kind of encoded world sense means they skipped a completion date and rolled back to the beginning of a new cycle because 10, 1, and 0 equals 1. But we crossed a threshold here, didn't we? There was no opt-in. There was a no agreeing to anything. And to top it off, it looks like they're claiming ownership of a bunch of things that they didn't pre- previously claim ownership of. Correct. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that, you know, you can do, most folks can do, is if you can get into, if you're savvy enough to right-click on uh, your computer icon and go to Properties, you go to Windows Updates, you view your update history. Then at the very top where it says Installed Updates, you click on that. Then you can start searching for the updates. And one of the updates that's doing the most damage is KB303. Five five eight three. People put that in and search for that. They'll see everything Microsoft has done just by that, you know, executable program. Which is in your updates history for people yep. to look. 
Um, So before we go much further, um, there's going to be a number of people who probably don't listen to the end of the show. So I want to get, um, you know, I had emailed you the GWX software, which removes the downloader and blocks Windows from being able to load any Windows 10 software. Can you tell folks where to get that? Yeah, at uh, ultimateoutsiders.org, I believe it is. And uh, that's a great, great, you know, there's some good tools there. And it's actually yeah, uh, called GWX Control Panel, panel. something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm running it, and the thing that I noticed is I had dumped the downloader twice, and when I ran this software, it actually found other things and yep. dumped it. But you, it's simple. You just click a couple buttons. It dumps all the Windows 10 crap, providing you haven't already had the OS upgrade. Um, right. Yeah, and then not only that, you push a button and it prevents any further Windows 10 downloads from occurring on your machine. Yep, and it's uh yeah ultimateoutsiders.com GWX control panel. You know those guys, um, you know doing great work over there with that. That's a great piece of software. So kudos to those guys for working on that. So let's let's jump right into it here. What do you think? Um, I mean, clearly we've crossed a threshold where they are now just dumping what they want on our machines, using our machines as storage for their tools. Um, can you talk a bit? You started to broach with me the other day this kind of peer-to-peer system that they're creating. Um, do you remember that conversation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you start um, to talk about that? How they're creating kind of like a Borg system out of everyone's computers? Yeah, so for folks that are on Windows 10, if you go into your Windows 10 uh, updates, check that. Uh, You check for updates. And then if you see, there's a little blue uh, sentence. It says, um, uh, choose how updates are delivered. You click on that, and it takes you to another screen. And then in that screen, it says, um, uh, basically, you can either choose to let other computers on the Internet (laughs) <laughs> give you updates as oh, as you need or as they need. I don't know who decides when you need the update, but you're basically the you're going to get all the updates and the information from other computers. So I mean, it, it it's nothing but a just a connect the dots of data collecting. Really, I mean, really is what it is. It's and, unreal. You know, I I did a quick look up. Because um, so many people are now up in arms about the just mega data collection that's going on with Windows 10, which we'll get into. But <clears throat> I looked up, there's something like, I don't know, 17 screens that you have to go through to try to stop the telemetry and all these other things that are going mm-hmm. on. And even after you've done all that, um, there's no guarantees that there's not still just collecting massive amounts of data from you. Yeah, I mean, it ultimately just comes down to what you're going to do with that computer, you know. I mean, I obviously I, I love computers and use them quite a bit, but I really streamline what I do. You know, I, I, I spend some time on it, and that's about it. You know, I enjoy life in other ways. So, uh, But some interesting facts just already for Windows 10. These are some config, uh, confirmed stats and figures. People have spent over 11 billion hours on Windows 10. Wow. Just since like Monday? No, that that was just December alone. Oh, this I past see. December. Okay, got 11 it. billion hours. Over 40, 44.5 billion minutes spent in Microsoft Edge across Windows 10 devices just in this last month. 2.5 billion questions asked of Cortana since its launch. Cortana is the little speaking voice that's equivalent yeah. to the whatever the Mac one is. Yeah, like Siri, Siri pretty much, or, yeah. or Google uh, Google search, or whatever that is. Holy smokes! 82 billion photos viewed within the Windows 10 Photo app. Now, the scary thing there is, how do they know that many photos? Well, clearly they're logging them, right? I mean, exactly. We, we we kind of, I mean, we should have prefaced what you're saying right now with the fact that, I mean, there was claims when this began to to happen that Microsoft was claiming uh, ownership of the first ten minutes of any Skype recording done on a Windows box. They were claiming. Well, go ahead, talk about that. For yeah, a there there were there were, you know, just just so many. 
you know, so many different things. And, and Lord knows it's nobody's ever read that, you know, end user agreement. And, you know, with, with them owning the rights to the software for Skype, which it's funny because if you notice, Skype was standalone for, for many years. Then all of a sudden I started noticing one day Skype started popping up in Windows updates. What the heck is this? Now all of a sudden it's in Windows 10 embedded. Now they own, obviously they own the data collection in that because it's embedded in the system. So, I mean, that's kind of the sequence of events, what led to them. Okay, now it's embedded with our 10. Now we got it. So do you think there's any truth to this claim um, that's being made now that, among other things, Windows is claiming if you're running a Windows 10 box, um, they're claiming ownership of the first few minutes of a Skype transaction, um, any number of things. Do you think there's any truth to that? I, I, I think so. Um, I'm getting through some of the just almost, I don't know who wrote this agreement. I mean, obviously, their fancy pants lawyers did all this, but um, I've literally been trying to go through this whole agreement and literally tear it apart bit by bit. And I tell you what's scary is I'm, I'm not seeing much in there that's, um, I would say, you're giving permission to. It, it's already... Um, they're just telling you that your data is their data and they're right. keeping it. Right. It's it's acting as if they don't need the opt-in anymore where you right. agree to anything. Um, and this is also a good time to offer folks another piece of spy of software. There's another piece of freeware that you can get called SpyBot Anti-Beacon. It's, I think it's on version 1.5. That's SpyBot Anti-Beacon. Uh, it blocks telemetry from your box, and you'd be surprised when you go to sites like this uh, to grab the freeware. Uh, if you begin to look at how much telemetry and other data is lifted from you, but I'll take I'll take a moment to talk a little bit about data collection and big data. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too long ago, I was visiting my mother and Stop and Shop, the supermarket here in Rhode Island, called her home and informed her that granola bars were being recalled. So the supermarket called my mother because she shops there and informed her that one of the products she buys there is being recalled. The ironic thing was is she actually did have some of that product, which doesn't surprise me because I imagine they knew that before they called because of all the data they're collecting when you do a checkout at the supermarket and use your club card to get coupons or money off your purchase. Um, It had been at least a week and a half since she had purchased the item they were recalling, and more than half of it had been consumed. Um, And while I suspect that there was no danger in the product that was being recalled at all, um, what we see here is the absolute reach of big data, where 10 years ago, if the supermarket were to call your home personally, you'd have been going, what the hell are you doing calling my home? And all of a sudden, fast forward 10 years, and this happens, and people don't even blink their eyes. But not only are they calling, they already know that you are using the product that they are recalling or supposedly recalling. Part of what this is doing is confirming that the information that you've given the supermarket is correct. Because I have cards for supermarkets, but none of them are a real name, a real address, a real phone number. All of it is made up because I don't want people collecting data. So when the supermarket does these mass call-outs, they're confirming how much good data they have on people, which they may be able to do before the call is even made at this point. My point would be this. With data being collected at the level it is, and if we use the supermarket as an example, um, someone out there can look at any given region of the United States and see what po- what products are most popular, what people are eating. And when we consider what's already been done to the water supply with fluoride or, you know, any given number of products that are intentionally uh, have additives in them that are not good for you, and you look at the modern age where our government has gone wilder than jackals and they lie and do things to the populace all the time, we consider that that supermarket data could actually be used to pull any kind of onslaught on massive sections of the country. If you were to look at 98% of any given population drinks this certain kind of milk, they could put an additive in that if they wanted to. And while most people listening to this might think that that's a bit paranoid, 
I'm sorry. Your water has fluoride in it right now. And there are very few people in this world who do not understand that fluoride is harmful. Um, it serves no purpose in terms of doing anything beneficial for your teeth. And it's actually a byproduct of making industrial products. So as we get into this Windows 10 discussion, um, you need to really start to open your eyes to the data collection that's at hand. That is what the point of this whole episode is, because we've reached a threshold now where a major corporation who is in every household, basically in the world just about, that has power and an internet connection, has stepped up their data collection efforts to simply dump software onto your hard drive using it as a storage device with the stated goal of collecting something like 80% more data than was ever collected before. So at, anyhow, John, let's jump back into this. Um, yep. Did Have you gone through, like I went through a few sites where, I mean, they were showing like 17 screens where once you have <laughs> Windows 10 loaded, you can go try to undo the damage. But the sense of it that I got was that it was almost like, you know, trying to stop insects from coming into your house with a holy screen door. You know, I mean, is there, when you go through those 17 screens to try to diminish the data collection, is it doing anything? I mean, you know, it, it ultimately, no, no, ultimately no, because there's an even bigger, um, I guess an even bigger big brother you have to worry about than that, you know, and that's, NSA, uh, NSA exactly. That's that's who's really collecting the data, and there's no two ways about it. You are not getting away from them if you're uh, using a box. Or okay. I mean, th think about what we're saying here. Um, you know, it, places like the NSA, or even if it was just Microsoft collecting data, they have multiple devices in every household. I mean, you've got telephones, you've got Xboxes, you've got any number of gaming devices, you've got any number of tablets, and any number of laptops, you know, desktops, computers. So basically the data collection that has just been stepped up to a level previously unknown, although it was being done to Mac users, there are a lot less Mac users than PC users, I think, if that's still correct, mm -hmm. um, every household in America has these devices that are now actively collecting. You know, it was funny. I saw, oh, I know what it was. When I went to get the SpyBot anti-beacon to kill the telemetry, um, some people who were running Windows 10, that's what it was, went through all 17 screens or whatever it is and set all the security as high as they could. Then they put a packet sniffer on a box for 30 hours, and it was something like 80,000 times the box with all the settings changed had called something like nine to 12 IP addresses all owned by Microsoft and transferred Lord knows how many hundreds of thousands of packets of data. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I was trying to remember to bring this up. So even if you have gone through windows 10 to try to tighten down the security with the hidden windows, which are literally hidden, you have to know what you're doing to even find where to go and then have the patience to go through window after window and then understand the very kind of uninformative descriptions for each setting that you're trying to change. Um, still, after you've done all this, the packet sniffers um, have told us that it's phoning home just endlessly. Um, is there really a solution here, John, uh, to any degree? I mean, is, is, really, is really the best thing to do to catch this within 30 days and roll back the computer to the previous OS? Yeah, I mean, for now, yeah, that's that's going to be the best solution until now. You know, I mean, just get off of Windows 10 and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully some other software comes out that, that will carry us uh, away from this, you know, Microsoft embedded, you know, software now that literally has spread. Because if you look at Microsoft or Apple, it really doesn't matter which you choose. Your data is going to the same place. Doesn't right. matter. Right. It's, they got you. Coke or Pepsi, it doesn't matter. They've got you. 
Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. I'm already looking, uh, and I've talked to you about it, getting a Linux box. Um, I may be doing away with it because I suspect what's going to happen here is I remember when XP came out and everyone was saying, remember back in the day, I'm never getting rid of XP. I'm not taking the next operating system, which I believe was Vista, wasn't it? Yep. I don't remember, but Vista, you know, <laughs> people got Vista and they were all mad because it was such a horrible operating system. Yeah, Point was, was bad. is bad. so many people held on to XP that one day Microsoft announced we're no longer supporting that operating system anymore. Yeah. But what's even worse is there were things being released, software products and other things, updates that broke XP. So after they had quit supporting the XP operating system, Things were going on in the world that were breaking the operating system, forcing people to go to Vista, which nobody wanted. Um, and it's a bit like when you set up a YouTube channel. The first time I ever set up a YouTube channel, um, you just set up a YouTube channel. By the time Crow 777 had come along, I had done this for clients when I was still in the corporate world because I never wanted to run social media. By the time I realized I had all this footage from my telescope that I probably needed to set up a YouTube channel, they forced Google Plus <clears throat> down your throat. And it was clearly nothing more than a data collection device. Um, in the same way, you know, it's a bit ironic because they offer Google Hangouts, which is a hell of an easy way to record like interviews, right? Yeah. Um, problem is, is they're collecting all that data. And you and I have been talking for at least a week and a half about finding a way to improve the recording quality of my shows um, because I don't want to use any of those owned and operated systems. So, you know, just for people listening, the reason the quality of this show is where it was is because I've implemented a system that will allow me to record myself solo, much improved, but I'm a, at least a week away before improving a dual conversation. Um, and the reason is, is because they're implementing things like Google Hangouts. You know, they provide these other ways to do it. But if you do that, I mean, who owns the video? Nobody's really sure at this point that if you use Google Hangouts, if ultimately when you close your account or when some other thing happens, if you actually own that video. Um I wanted to ask you, John, what what were we talking about? Um, I think it had to do with when, when all the drivers were breaking on the system. I wanted to ask you, oh, I know what it was. Um, if people have Windows 10 and it's gone beyond 30 days, is there any way to roll back out of Windows 10 operating system or are you stuck with it? I mean, you're stuck with it. The only thing you could do is um, obviously, you know, wipe your drive, you know, obviously copy, back up your data. And then you'll have to find, you know, uh, a tech place, uh, you know, locally around you and see if they'll put Windows 7 on for you. Good thing to do for people who are on 7 is uh, flip your computer over or somewhere on your box. You should have a Windows 7 product key. Keep that handy. Keep that handy. Because what, what the real slick thing was is that for Windows 8 and above, and you notice for 10, obviously, um, there's no product keys on machines anymore. And that started with Windows 8. Everything was built into the BIOS. The product key was built into the BIOS. So what does that mean? Basically, it's just embedded in your computer so they know or they, you know, they know either way whether you've got it or you don't? Correct. And then now with Windows 10, what happens is, um, so you can't just put Windows 10 in, uh, you can buy it, but that, you know, that's more data collection there. But if you, <clears throat> If you try to just install Windows 10, it won't work. You have to upgrade from a 7 or 8 machine currently. So in doing that, you have no choice but to accept that user agreement. And I think once people did that, or I remember it, it just all hell breaks loose. So do you... Do you suppose that we can still go out into the marketplace? Like, what if I wanted to go online right now and buy a new laptop with Windows 7? Could I do it? Uh, extremely <clears throat> limited, doubtful. You're going to see everything but 10. And and that, that just kind of makes sense to me because I'm seeing, you know, Microsoft push 10 to all the old systems. And they were good systems on Windows 7. There was nothing wrong with these systems that were five and six years old. They were good working systems. They just crashed them with 10, you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason. Whether it was intentional or accidental, I don't know. Could have so, been user error as well. 
So Windows 7 is the last operating system where you actually have a key where you got to, you know, like type in the number. Is that the last yes. one? Yep, correct. And that'll register with the Microsoft server and then bam, you're, you're solid. So basically you can see where this is going. I mean, people who are running like hacked versions of Photoshop or they're running an OS that they don't own. I mean, you'll be instantly found out, right? They'll just shut you down remotely. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everything is now connecting with the remote server, you know, so, um, and that information on that server is definitely going to be shared with, you know, Microsoft and Apple, you know, because they all have product support and, you know, piracy and, and, you know, in common. So, well, it's a, you know, it's, it's a bit funny how <clears throat> copyright is, is enforced from the big players, you know, compared to you and I, if I had something that was legally registered, copywritten and someone infringed on it, YouTube could care less. As a matter of fact, it's getting to the point where anyone who just files um, against that will be allowed to run whatever they want. And YouTube will say it's on you guys go to court and fight about it. But if you run something from Microsoft or a music publisher, um, they'll nail your butt to the wall, you know, yeah. automatically. It's already in there. As a matter of fact, there have been many times when I've been uploading um, and they've informed me in the middle of an upload that there's copywritten material here. Uh, one time it was simply because music was running on a radio in the background of a clip I had recorded. It took me quite a while to figure out what the heck they were talking about. Um, but it goes to show you what's going on here, you know, because you can imagine if someone's got a hacked version of, say, Adobe Photoshop uh, with these new systems that are being implemented, uh, Windows will just simply rat you out to Adobe, you know, or make or facilitate them knowing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll like I said, the, the data it collects, it's, you know, you can't imagine how many product keys you have for all the different products that are really inside your computer, not just the overall Windows. It's, you know, you have licenses and things. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to the amount of things that they, they collect. You know, you have probably 200 licenses per computer, I would say, on average. Not just your Windows license. That's what lets Windows work. But inside the Windows system itself, there's over 255 licenses. Um, that are from different companies that are all extracting that data. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard, but I read also that Microsoft is getting ready to further emulate Macintosh uh, with a single user login for everything, and they're citing the reason, the need for this is because so many people have, you know, like 50 or 60 passwords to remember. So they're again modeling on what Macintosh did, uh, if this is true, to pull everyone to a single username for all services, which streamlines data collection in ways that are almost mind-boggling. And I would point out, um, you could almost fast-forward 10 years from now and start to see implemented the complete banishment of anonymous email addresses so that now when you have an email address, it's got to be identifiable to you in some way. Um, we saw this happen with Facebook, uh, and I'll give an example. I did not, you know, I've got a degree in Internet technology, and I was completely aware of what social media is as a data collection agent and what damage uh, can be done with that information. So when I finally set up my YouTube channel to get the footage out to people that I had been shooting, I ended up setting up a Facebook account. Um, and I, I opened it up as Crow 777. Now, this, this story gets kind of crazy, too. So I had Crow 777 because they had not fully implemented, we have to have your name on your Facebook account. I'd been operating a while, not really using it as a communication device, but mostly just posting videos there to get my videos out to, you know, public view. One day I went to log in and I was locked out. And it said, this is a security checkpoint. And I'm not even lying. That's exactly what it said to me. And it said, supposedly, you have, it, this is the language they use, supposedly you have 200 friends. So for you to get back into your account, we are going to randomly show you pictures of the people you claim are your friends, and you have to identify their name. And so, of course, I failed. Because of the 2,000 people who had friended me to watch my videos, I'd never met any of them. Not a single one. So it told me, you failed, you can try again in five hours, four or five hours, I forget which. So at the end of this time, I had thought about it, and I realized I could use a reverse search engine, an image lookup. 
So they put up the thing again, and I just grabbed the images, dragged them into a reverse search engine, ID'd the people, and passed and got back in. About a week and a half went by, and then they locked me out again. <clears throat> At this point, they said, 777 does not appear to be an, a real last name, so you have to change the name on your account. So I changed the name to Crow Triple Horn. About two more weeks went by, and they locked me out again, saying that Crow Triple Horn does not appear to be a legitimate name and that I had to submit picture ID. Well, at this point, I'd had it. Um, so what I did was is I created a fake ID. I mailed it into to them, uh, proved that Crow Triple Horn was, in fact, a real person, and they let me in. Um, I made up a whole story about being a disabled veteran and how dare they you know, lock me out and all this other stuff just to shame them. And they sent me an email address saying, we're sorry, we're so sorry, thank you for your service and all this other hogwash, and if this ever happens again, use this email and we'll let you back in. At which point I put an open letter um, on Facebook uh, just basically telling people what was going on and what Facebook is for. Uh, and that, so that, that you are using it so that you can easily say hi to your mothers on Mother's Day. You are giving up basically every bit of valuable data that you do not have to give up. But here's the rub. A while ago, those people who follow me will be aware that Crow777.com, the URL, was bought right before I launched my podcast because I had gone to buy the URL and found out a short while prior it had been bought by somebody else. This person is now flying Masonic colors and Baphomet and some other satan satanic ridiculousness and uh, impersonating me on Crow777.com. But... This person opened a Facebook page using Crow 777, which started the whole story that I just told you. So where I had been locked out three times because I started an account on Facebook with Crow 777, this person is now impersonating me, or, well, I'm being informed now that it's an organized attack against me, uh, being done from outside the country. But this kind of lazy... Pathetic excuse for a person who's impersonating me is openly running a Facebook page with Crow Triple Seven, which I was banned from doing. So, anyhow, there it is. And what I wanted to ask you, John, is have you heard these rumors that Microsoft is going to be going to single login users? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what you're doing. If you look at how, <clears throat> you know, when you bought a Windows 7 box, uh, you put your product key in. Uh, that was pretty much it. You got online, did whatever, get your updates. Um, so what they've done since that and Windows 10 here, um, they've also put data collection inside Windows 7 and 8 machines as well via your optional and important updates. So once they've collected all this data, now you see you go to Windows 8. Now you don't even need to enter a product key because it's built to their computer, which tells you they have all the specs of that computer already pre-configured. So that data is collected. Now they just need your data. And when you set up a Windows 8 or 10 machine, everything is just to log into a Microsoft account. Then they let you link all your accounts to that Microsoft account. Therefore, you're going to have pretty much one single login for pretty much everything. Once they tie in all the linked accounts, to your data, which they're doing now via Facebook, Twitter, everything. You'll have one login for Microsoft or an Apple ID, and it's great. You'll have one ID for everything, but so do they. And total, and yeah, total centralized data collection. And just to paint a picture for folks listening to this, this is full spectrum. This is not just Microsoft. As an example, the banks now here on the East Coast are – saying what they've said for quite some time now, that if you don't maintain a minimum balance of whatever their arbitrary amount is, you'll get a $5 service charge. But if you bank online, um, they will waive that fee. Or if you have automatic money put into your account from somewhere like PayPal, they will waive that fee. So again, what we are seeing here is data collection. Once the bank is hooked up to these other services or when your computer logs into your bank account, all that data is being collected. So not only is Microsoft making just a full frontal push here without your permission to dump a new OS on you with no opt-in, no nothing, and actually having hidden the downloader in what they were calling critical updates, which is supposed to be reserved from 
threats to your machine from outside hacks. Um, it, it's everywhere. The bank is doing it. Uh, the social media is doing it. It is just everywhere. So the next time you get to a service that says, why don't you just use your Facebook account to log in? You should think twice. Uh, wh where's all this go, John? I mean, is there anything we can do at this point to kind of divert and hold on to the modicum of privacy that we still have? I mean, is there anything you can think of? Yeah, I mean, you just have to, you know, honestly, you have to uh, become uh, aware of what's of what what your machine can do for you and against you. I mean, like I said, I stream streamline myself when I'm on a box. What I do, um, same thing as a phone and all that. Um, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of it for the masses, it's too late because I mean, look how big Facebook is and right. You know, and, and it's not only just their data. That's the real insidiousness of Facebook and other services like that. Is it has now drawn a line from not just you, but everyone in your family, everyone who is a friend, all their friends' friends. It goes, you know, mother, daughter, great grandmother. It goes all the way down like a line of code um, to Lord knows how big that circle gets. Uh, it, it's a bit like the old thing, you know, well, you haven't just had sex with the person you've had sex with. You've had sex with all the people that person had sex with right. and that person and that person. <laughs> it goes yeah. on and on. Well, that's exactly what these social medias are doing. And what's crazy is if you ever notice that uh, – what is it? It's YouTube I think started it where, oh, you could get locked out, but you can guarantee this never happens to you by giving us your phone number and confirming that this is you with a phone number. Um, what that did, the, the level of damage offering up a phone number did is incalculable. I can't even start to outline the amount of data collection that was opened up the minute that that phone number was submitted. So much so that when I had to do it for an account, I went and bought a throwaway phone to initialize the account and then chuck the phone. If you now go take your phone number and put quotes around it for an inclusive search in Google, you can start to see the damage that's been done. There will be a few of you out there that probably will not get a return, but the majority of you will not only get a return, but it will often list all your family numbers on a public web page. I mean, it's that bad. Yep. Um, maybe six, seven years ago, that would have been unthinkable, and yet they've used the kind of frog and boiling water tactic here, although... With Windows 10, it seems like we've thrown all that out the window, and for the life of me, it is so baffling that they skipped the operating system 9, which to me means there was no completion in the cycle that we were in. And my next guest on this show is going to be an expert in numerology and gematria, so I'll absolutely have to bring it up with him to see what he thinks is going on. But, I mean, at this point, John... Um, if we start to migrate to maybe like Linux or some other service like this, can we start to leave some of this behind or are we just too far gone? I mean, at least with Linux, you know, with that, with that kind of software. I mean, obviously people have to get to know Linux and how to do things like that you know, with that software. But uh, at least with that, you can, you can consistently change things if you need to. So if somebody figured out something, you know, with Linux, you can just simply rewrite the code and fix that. Whereas... You know, Windows is just it, it's it's just. What what about you know a a just average person trying to use Linux? Is that really even feasible for an average person? Um, generally, no, not 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 from the the amount of clients I've seen and the interaction I've seen of what they're using, and I don't see many folks doing it at all. But what's interesting is all the big companies are using it. That's what all their servers are built on. That's what their data collected servers are using is Linux. Well, I notice a lot of the data collection happens on Apache, which is, you know, like when you get websites. I was a webmaster for years, and there was really a, a full frontal push um, to get people on Apache servers. Um, do you see this at all? Yeah, yeah. And, and what's real scary is that you have uh, Big Brother out there uh, with machines, uh, Big Brother being the NSA and other entities that are using systems um, that are faking Apache servers, thus again collecting your data, probably for other means and usage, but nonetheless, they're collecting the data as well, probably from the people that are collecting your data. 
So if you if if a person out there wanted to switch over to a Linux operating system, is it kind of a WYSIWYG system? <clears throat> Excuse me, what you see is what you get. Is there a kind of an interface there or is it more command prompt, you know, command line? How does a Linux system work for the average person to try to understand? Well, basically, you know, uh, you put your hardware together, you get Linux on there, and then from there you kind of build it yourself how you want. I mean, that's literally the benefit of Linux. So, I mean, it's not for the average person. They've pushed that, you know, like most of the things that are for our benefit, they've pushed that away because nobody knows about Linux. They've just given us Apple and Windows um, for the last three, gener- two, you know, two decades or whatever, and... Those are pre-configured, you know, like I would say with Windows 10. If it's free, we are the product. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, I, I forget who stated that uh, that cliche statement now, but if the product is free, you're the product. I mean, there's really not much arguing with that. But uh, on the Linux systems, is it even really feasible for an average person to run things like, I don't know, Photoshop and browsers and just oh, no. common everyday stuff? No, no, they would have to get into into some very, very deep coding and writing programs. You know, with Linux, you can do anything, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Are there people who provide the service that will get a Linux box up and running for folks that will do the things people want to do? Absolutely, absolutely. I know people that are efforting that as we speak, you know, because uh, we all want to be, we just want to maintain our anonymity, you know. So I don't think I've even seen a Linux box since all the way back when I was getting out of school for my internet tech degree. Um, is what's it look like? I mean, are you operating from a prompt, or or is it is there an interface? You can operate from a prompt, um, but it's what's interesting is one of the the gaming applications, Steam. If you know what that is, a lot of yeah, gamers do, know actually. what Steam is. Yeah. Um, they actually released uh, their proprietary, well, not proprietary, but they released their own software. Uh, it was called Steam OS, and it was built on, you know, pretty much Linux. And that's you went through the prompts there to load the software, and then once you got in, there was a nice little interface. Uh, and then you could also get into the other section where you could build, and if you wanted to make your own browser, you could make your own browser, you know, but you have to do that. So, and it's 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 you know open source, it's free. You know, do you think there's any other options that are more feasible for the average user who's not a tech head? I mean, how how does a person is it even is there even a way for an average person to get off Macintosh and get off Windows systems at this point and still still be able to do the things they want to do? um, You know, you'd have to know some specialized folk. But I mean, other than that, they've you know, like I said, by the time most things are figured out. They've already got you, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, there's no turning back the clock on Windows. There's no turning back the clock on Apple, and they've been doing this for, you know, many, many years. The NSA admitted that they've been collecting data for, they've had data collection for 17 years. Well, think back 17 years. I don't remember voting on it. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because when in my younger life, in my lifetime, uh, a privacy invasion of this scope would have been, I mean, there would have been hell to pay. Yeah. I mean, there was even a time when uh, even a whisper of people's library cards back in the day not being private was, I mean, them were fighting words. And uh-huh. not not just from a few people. I mean, there was a significant portion of society prepared to raise hell um, that something like library card use was private. there, And they, not only that, it was assumed that people could count on that kind of right to privacy of that level where there was an assumption made that a certain level of privacy and decorum was expected and supposed to be maintained. And I think that we are well beyond the illusion that that may have been at this point with companies like Microsoft basically turning a device inside your household into their own private playground, their own private storage device. And, I mean, we barely touched on this kind of interlinking of computers where um, it's almost like a virus, right, where you may not be infected, but another computer that you're associated with is, so it gets you. Yep, yep. That's how some of the the, the famous malware works now. I mean, you know, just, you, you can spread it through spammed email, you'll get something, or if you're on the same network, I mean, 
it's it's a it's a bit unbelievable i you know i always before i do a show like this i try to sit down and figure out a way to communicate what i'm aware of out to just average people who may not have much of a technical background and i always come up just kind of short you know looking for a way to describe just the damage that can be done with data collection at this level and you know i went down the road of maybe trying to explain it like um, all your medical records are now, you know, there's nothing private about it. The HIPAA laws and all that, that's a joke. It's a, it's all an illusion. And you, there could come a time for maybe your children where they go in and they'll say, I'm sorry, we're not insuring you. Your family has a history of this or that disease. And I thought, well, that really doesn't cover the scope of what I want to get across. So I would think about it in a different way. But so much of my time is spent covering basically fraud and tyrant actions from the governments of this world in the form of false flags and uh, invented violence of one kind or another that they push out through the media's real events. And as I began to reconsider all this data collection that's going on for this show, I began to understand that one of the simplest things that could be done is to look at any geographic area and use an algorithm to deduce what is the likelihood that any number of people in this area will catch on or even give a damn that we're about to pull a false flag in this township or that county or any number of places. And when you begin to see that, in my mind, it really began to draw a picture of the power of what we're talking about. Consider as an example that's completely made up out of thin air that maybe there's a state where six surrounding counties uh, have enough people who have caught on to the false flags and enough people who are willing to jump on YouTube or stand up in one way or another to cry foul, but the data collection told them that one county in this area they want to do it is the antithesis of what I've just described, where they could pull a false flag and get away with it scot clean and have a 98% surety before they do it that that's true from the data collection they've done. Well, the damage that's done if that false flag is pulled off in this kind of made-up manner I'm describing is not just that a false flag event was perpetrated in a certain county, but now it gets aired over media airwaves to the rest of the world who don't have the benefit of being anywhere near that geographic location. In some cases, they'll be in a different country and don't really have the tools to try to determine whether or not it's a real event. So, and I know even that description falls so short of what we're trying to talk about here. I mean, can you can you address at all the level of data collection we're talking about? Is is there anything? Let's go at it this way: Is there anything that we are doing online that is not part of this data collection? All right, there's the first half half of uh, episode ten. Please head over to crow triple seven radio dot com to get the second hour. Uh, it's posted there for members. I hope you will join me there. The next episode is going to be very interesting because I'm going to have an expert on numerology and gematria, and we are going to pull apart so much of the encoded media, um, even the death of Prince. The uh, the numerology and gematria behind that is just astounding and how it relates to the royal family. Anyhow, I hope you'll head over there and join me. Cheers. Cheers.